Welcome to the Inside Slant Podcast. Inside Slant Podcast. Brought to you by JayhawkSlant.com. Shay, where do you rank Bill Self's class? It's definitely one of the top 10 classes in the country. Bringing you all the latest info from the coaches, players, and recruits. Kirby, how big is this commitment? Well, he's the type of recruit that can change the whole class. For all of the latest KU news, analysis, and discussion, go online to JayhawkSlant.com. The online leader in recruiting and team coverage. Here's the staff from JayhawkSlant.com. Hey, everybody, this is Randy Withers. Welcome into another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. And man, we are going to get into everything. KU basketball. It is. It was time for us to dust off the mics and get back on track with the Inside Slant podcast. And with obviously it's Big 12 tournament week. The NCAA tournament is just days away. Spring football is happening. There's recruiting going on. We're going to break down team coverage, talk recruiting, cover several topics. And we have a special guest, the latest football commitment in Andre Gibson. He chose the Jayhawks on Sunday, and we will be talking with him in an exclusive interview on the studio line. The talented prospect from Arizona will tell us why he chose the Jayhawks and much more. Before we get into that, though, let me bring in our man on the men's basketball beat, Mr. Shea Wildebor. Shea, how you doing tonight, man? I'm great, baby. Like Dick Vitale says, it's championship week, baby. It's championship week. It's awesome, baby. It's awesome, baby. You know, I, I can't, I can't. No, man, I'm great, man. It's, it's been. Um, and I know we'll get into this, but it's been a wild, wild season, wild ride, man. Another unforgettable, um, you know, regular season by Bill and the guys. And so, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here, man. I'm excited to see what happens these next, you know, two, three, four weeks, and and how things shake out. But it's, what an unbelievable run so far, man. Just unbelievable. Absolutely. There's, there's, there's really. That's about the best word to describe it right now. It's been a fantastic season with a lot, you know, with some ups and downs. I mean, I still remember you told us when they had lost three games in a row, you said, look, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And you were exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. so uh, words prophetic as always from the man, Shea Wildeboer. Let me go ahead and bring in our publisher and the man on the Kansas football beat, my good friend, John Kirby. JK, how you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good, except for your guys' Dick Vitale impersonations. <laughs> He's a diaper dandy. He's also with the capital it's all, it's A, baby. Championship week. <laughs> it's the, listen, it's the best. The one thing that I miss, you guys, and Randy, I don't know if you do this or John. Like I remember growing up as a kid, my mom would call me out of school, and like mm-hmm. that whole first like week of or those first two days of the NCAA tournament, and like the Big Eight tournament at the time. Like uh-huh. I can remember it like like it was yesterday, just the chills and the excitement and like the anticipation and like just because my birthday falls on on March 15th. So it was always around that time. So it's like, I mean, just looking back as a kid, how how cool it was and now being able to cover it and all those things, man, it's just it's it's such an for me, you know, I don't know how anybody else feels. But for me, it's it's just it's it's like an exciting, awesome um just unbelievable time of the year. Well, unbelievable time of the year. Randy and I were talking about that off the air is, you know, we're, we're back in that time where you got a lot of stuff going on. You got spring football. KU's got that going now. You got the Big 12 yep. tournament. You got the NCAA tournament. I mean, so this is uh, this is all all fun stuff, man. It's, it's that time of year where, you know, hey, it's fun to follow all of it. 
No question. I mean, it's it's that it's like you say, it's like it's kind of like when, you know, in the fall, when you've got college football, NFL, the end of Major League Baseball season, the start of college basketball season, NBA season. There's so much going on all at the same time. And this is, you know, kind of the, the first half of the year equivalent to that. And it's it's oh, I love it. I absolutely love it, and it's. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for Kansas fans over the next several weeks. Shay, you know, you've been covering the basketball beat for the Jayhawks for a lot of years. Um, I actually don't have any clue as to how long. I know it's a long time, though, but it's been some kind of run to follow this program this year to yet another Big 12 championship. You know, I think I saw a stat the other day. 17 Big 12 titles in 20 years. 20 years. Right. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Crazy. Crazy. It it is. I mean, there, there, there's, there's really not a word to describe it other. I mean, it's, it's just unprecedented. You know, talk about this team, Shay, and, and tell us how, how did they get to this point yet again? We were talking about a second ago, you know, Randy, they started out the season five and oh, so, so you're five and zero in the conference. Everything's looking good. Um, then you know they drop three straight. They're five and three. A trip to Kentucky. You know you're looking at a, a possibly a four game losing streak for the first time under Bill Self. And what happens? Um, you know, you know they win that game in Lexington. Come home, beat K State. Um, so what are you six and four? My math is terrible. You lose at Iowa State. And then all of a sudden, you know, you you win the next seven and you, you finish out the season. Um, Big 12 regular season champs, um, 13 and five, I believe overall, uh, 25 and six. Oh no, I'm sorry, 13 and five in the conference, 25 and six overall. You know, you lose, you lose the home game to TCU by w- close to 30, and you, you're thinking to yourself, what in the hell is going on? I mean, what, like, and they saw it last, and, and 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 I said this before, you know, you can never panic, but you saw it last year with Kentucky. Um, when Kentucky came to Allen Fieldhouse and just completely dominated Kansas, um, you know it, it was the same this year with TCU. And here's the funny thing, Randy: I was uh, last week when Iowa State, the night that Iowa State dismissed Caleb Grill, I, I uh, exchanged a few text messages with with Bill, and, and I said, you know, Coach, if you look at the the landscape of college basketball as it is right now, I was like, can you know, Kentucky now has ten losses. Um, you know, North Carolina, the preseason number one is nowhere to be found that they may not make the tournament Duke for the first time, really this season is starting to play well and is ranked. Um, you know, I think they've got nine losses Baylor, the preseason favorite in the big 12 has nine losses. I said, coach, the consistency, I said, how do you, how do you do it? Really? I mean, mm-hmm. I, like, I know he talks in press conferences about it, but I said, like, I wanted to get an idea of really how he does it. He's like, Shay, you know, we've had really good players. And I said, you know, in 20 years, Randy, that man is in, in some ways is the same person today as he was when he took the job. So yep. humble. So da- and to, uh, there's a competitive spirit in him. I know it that drives him to want to be the absolute best. Mm-hmm. How he does it year in and year out, I have no idea because they do have good players. There's no Absolutely. doubt about it. Kansas. All, but so does Duke. So does well, Kentucky. It, well, and, so and, does Carolina. I, I love all, Soren Petro points it out regularly when he makes the case that Bill Self, every year that KU wins the championship in the Big 12, he should be coach of the year. Because, Absolutely. Because some he says it all the time. He's like, people are like, oh, look at the players he gets. And he said, yes. And who got those players? Right. The guy that coached the team. And, and look at who they lost. 
Exactly. Look at who. I mean, listen. You have you have arguably uh, David McCormick, who played the best five minutes of any big man in his career the last two, uh, against Carolina on those two baskets. They don't win mm-hmm. that game without him. You have nope. Remy Martin, who sat the bench the entire season until it was time to shine. Okay, you had Ochai Abaji, a three-star kid from Kansas City. You had Christian Brown, a, a, a low, a, a three, a high three-star, really a low four-star kid from Blue Valley Northwest that that Kansas got involved with late. Um, you know, you had Mitch Lightfoot, a kid who, um, you know, who redshirted and came and was here like forever. Um, Jalen Coleman lands a guy that they plucked in from Iowa state. I mean, you, you look at that roster, they lost a ton of guys and two guys really, um, or at least one guy in Christian that's, that's playing, um, big time minutes at the NBA level. I mean, they lost a ton and here they are while other teams struggle. Bill's got them locked in. There's no doubt in my mind, unless something just crazy happens, that they're going to be a number one seed. And he's got them in position a year after winning the title, a year after winning all that, a year after losing three straight games in a conference that was probably the best conference in the last 20 years anybody's seen. And here they are in position to land the number one overall seed, start out in Des Moines, and then advance to Can- – it's just like the, the job that he's done. Um, and, he, and he's got a, a starting center that's 6'7". Um, you know, a guy in Kevin McCuller that early on in the season, some Kansas fans wanted nothing to do with. Um, yep, you know, you've got a point that. guard. And if you go back and look over time on the message boards, really, you've got a, a, a point guard that many classified as like a, a, a Juco top, a type point guard or a guy that would never be successful at Kansas. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look, if you look at some of the parts and how he's put this team together, um, you know, you got J- Jalen Wilson, who, who probably wanted to leave last year, um, who started out at the beginning of not this past season, but last season on the bench from a mistake that he made. Um, and he's, I mean, it's just the job that he's done um, to bring this group together. And considering that he's, he's got maybe one or two guys, maybe three at the most that he can get off the bench and, and get some, I mean, it's just, you know, I look back at it and I'm looking at it 25 and six, 13 and five and that stretch where they lost three in a row and, you know, big 12 regular season champs outright. It's, to me, the job he's done is amazing. I mean, yeah, the players, he's always going to say they've got great players, but the, the job that he's done and his staff has done, um, it's just the consistency. Absolutely. I've never been lower than a four seed, if I remember correctly. Never been lower than a four seed. Never. As we, with, you know, you talk about seeding, you know, the postseason, that's, that's where we are. Seeding is a huge discussion right now. Tell me, you know, heading into this week, where do you think this squad is? What do they need to accomplish to potentially if they haven't already wrap up that one seed to where they have a chance to play in Kansas city. Well, here's here's the thing that I think, you know, if you look at the last two losses they had, Iowa state, no game. It was, they were never in that game and Texas, you really the second half Texas manhandled. I'm not manhandled, but they, they kind of had their way with Kansas. Jalen Wilson was the only guy. I think they need to come out and start playing the type of basketball that they were playing in between those two losses. You got to play with energy. You know, you got to come out with a purpose. You know, Jalen Wilson obviously has to be the guy. They got to find a way to get Grady Dick shots. Um, they just got to get some of that mojo back. Um, you know, you know, and if that happens, they will make a statement in Kansas City, and they will be again in Kansas City next week. The, the thing to me, Rainy, that's and I hate to use the word concerning, but you know, if you just go back and look at the last two losses, as I mentioned, Iowa State and Texas, they just they weren't good. I mean, there's never really a good loss. 
But those were bad losses. I mean, those just were the concerning way, losses. Yeah, absolutely. Just the, the lack of energy, um, really the lack of focus, the turnovers. I mean, you just look at the missed layups and like guys getting wide open looks and not. And, and I didn't realize this, and maybe I should have until the um, until I got in the stat. You know, Jalen Wilson up until that Texas game had missed seventeen straight threes. 18 straight threes. Um, and, you know, he was a guy this season that's, that's been a pretty good shot shooter from behind the arc. So just they just need to get some of that confidence. And, and here's another thing that, that I don't think people think about. You know, Kansas had this thing wrapped up. Texas had lost, um, you know, a few games earlier at TCU. Kansas was in, and I know they would never openly admit this, and I even asked Jalen Wilson about it today. But, you know, te- this was Texas's Super Bowl. It was senior night. Um, you know, Kansas really, whether they want to admit it or not, didn't have a lot to play for um, but, in, in terms and, of. And I know that's true. Right. But at the same time, that is a top 10 Texas team. Right. I mean, and, that, yeah, that's and, the and, thing and, and, that and, I have and, trouble making fit in my head. I'm like, OK, this this wasn't this wasn't, you know, some bunch of slappies. No, this was number nine in the nation. UT right, on right. the road in the conference conference finale and just literally not show right but here's the thing too randy i I think about if you remember that 2015 royals team not to get off track there was a seat a point in the season there where they kind of hit a lull and they were just waiting for the postseason so so i think i think this team too is like you know they've they've won the big 12 um you know they had it wrapped up that monday before won it outright two days later um you know i think if you look at the, the the overall record 25 and 6 15 quad one wins um which is just, in my mind, astronomical, the number of quad one wins they have. You know, seven-game winning streak. Um, you know, you look at it, Baylor's got – the team that absolutely dominated Kansas a few months ago, Tennessee, has got ten losses, I think, nine losses. I mean, just – I think this is a team that's <sighs> grinded through and absolutely – just an absolutely crazy Big 12 schedule. Um, you know, had won seven in a row before that game. And I, th- I just think, you know, you get to a point where – you play these teams off, off and on so many times. Um, you know, you, you want to see somebody new. And I, I just think they're at the point now where they just want to come out and play for what really matters. Okay. That said, if you had to guess, what's your early call on on KU's possible paths and what they could be in the NCAA tournament? I think there'll be a one seed, whether it be the number one overall or not. I don't know. You know, I think you need to go to Kansas City, win a game or two. Um you know, you know, I know Houston has got a great record, but how many quad one wins do they have? Three or four? I'd have to go. Really, I'd have to go and look. I mean, that's there, the thing that I keep going back to with them. Like, okay, right. yeah, Houston's right. they look great, but they haven't played anybody. Right, right. I mean, if you look at just look at the teams, the ranked teams that Kansas has beat. I mean, they, Duke um, ranked, uh, Tennessee ranked. Um, you know, Missouri, Indiana, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Kansas, Kansas State, State, yeah, Baylor. Uh, Kentucky was ranked at one time. Iowa State was ranked at one time. Texas, mm-hmm. um, Baylor again. Uh, you know, just on and on and on. I mean, there's no, there is no break in the Big Twelve. And nope. when you consider what Kansas lost from a year ago, you consider what they did this season. Um, you know, I, unless they just come out and just stink, I can't imagine them not getting a one seed. But to me, it's it's where on the one line do they fall? Um, I think if you're Bill Self. You, you absolutely want to get to the championship game and then let the let the cards fall where they may. I think if you get to the title game of the big, there's no doubt about it that you're going to be. The, I just can't imagine them not being the number one overall seed. I just, I mean, I, I just, the body of work speaks for itself. I mean, it does. You look at the the two losses, obviously Iowa State and Texas. I know we're stinkers, but what they did in between that, in between those, and 
Um, the way they did it, yeah, I just I think if they if they come out and play right and and get some of that mojo back in Kansas City, they will the path will start in Indiana. I'm sorry, uh, Des Moines will come home to Kansas City, and then you know if you're fortunate enough to to win a couple games here, you you head out to um, Houston, Texas for the Final Four, which is crazy to me because they just won it. I mean, you're not this, these things aren't supposed to happen. Exactly. Now, on, in addition to everything that's going on right now, I know you've got some recruiting scoop. Get us caught up on on some of the guys that have visited recently and and let us know, you know, what kind of news of potential other targets are you following right now? Yeah, I mean, the the, the biggest name right now is uh, there's a kid announcing tomorrow and I know everybody's excited. Marcus Adams Jr. Uh, rivals has him ranked as a three star. I know he's going to make a huge jump in the weight rankings. Um, you know, everything that I've heard leads me to believe that tomorrow when he selects, it'll be UCLA. Um, you know, just kind of from what I've heard and, and Randy, he hasn't done a lot of talking lately. Um, I think this is a kid that eventually wants to reclass to the 2023 class. Um, and I just don't know if, if KU's really sold on that idea. You know, they've got – if you look at this roster, the way it shakes out, you know, this is a, a roster um, that's going to look much differently a year from now. I expect the staff to, aside from the three guys that they've already got signed, um, to hit the portal really hard. I mean, I, my, my guess is that they're probably going to want to add a big man, you know, add a guy on the wing, another talented wing scorer, and then, um, you know, whatever else they can get. So I, I, I don't think um, – at least at this stage, you know, with uh, with Marcus wanting to to possibly jump to the 2023 class, I expect him to to make the move for uh, UCLA tomorrow. Uh, David Castile's one guy to keep your eye on, uh, number 22 ranked player in the class from Bartlesville, Oklahoma High School. Um, you know, visited on the 18th of February, and this is a guy that's uh, really got a long history with Kansas. Kansas got involved early. Um, he's he's visited several times. Um, also been out to K State. Obviously, the Oklahoma schools are involved. Um, you know, I think this is the guy that they really, really, really liked. Obviously, they'll continue to evaluate him this summer. You know, Randy, he was a guy early on that I thought might commit. Um, you know, at one point we had him ranked as the number 14th ranked player in the class. I have a feeling that he might play out through the summer, kind of see where things stand, see who else gets involved. But obviously a, a guy that's that's uber talented, um, a guy that the coaching staff really loves. I know that Coach missed Talk Talk a few weeks ago to head down there and watch him play in Bartlesville. And, um a guy that's that's got a chance to really um, start off Kansas at some point really strong in the 2024 class. And lastly, you have uh, Isaiah Elholm, um, a six foot five, 200 pound. I'm really shooting guard from uh, Chatsworth, California. Plays with Brawny. Um, again, a guy that's got he visited visited on the 24th of um, February. Guy that's got a lot of options. Isn't doing a lot of talking right now. I think KU has positioned themselves quite well. But being out on the West Coast, um, being the number 16th ranked player in the class. Um, being that he's going to have a lot of options, you know, he's not a guy that I would expect to make a decision anytime soon. Um, I think he'll, again, play through the summer, um, take some more visits in the fall, and then kind of go from there and decide what he wants to do. So, they, I mean, they, and, and they'll continue. Listen, they'll, they'll continue to look at these guys. I mean, there, there's a guy out in um, – out in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, who plays for Overtime Elite, Nazir Cunningham, who's got KU in his top five, I'm number four ranked player in America, just uh, you know a six-seven small forward, a, a guy with a lot of length, a guy that can score the ball. You've got Trey Johnson, number one ranked player in the class, six-six, 180-pound shooting guard from Lake Highlands in Dallas, Texas, is a guy that's um, expressed some interest in Kansas, and I know a guy that Kansas has um, invested some time in. Um, you know, Dylan Harper, a uh, 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 
uh, I want to say six five six six shooting guard um, from out in uh, Don Bosco Prep High School in Ramsey, New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey. So yeah, I mean they're on a lot of guys right now, Randy. But the thing that that I think is going to be interesting is kind of see how they piece this roster together next year. Again, who comes back? Who decides to leave? And, and I think they'll kind of set things up from there and, and decide where they want to go. That's our man Shea Wildeboer on the men's basketball beat. Shea, I know it is an incredibly busy time for you right now. I appreciate you jumping on with us tonight just about, what, 48 hours from the start yeah, of the well, Big 12 tournament, listen, we, man. We head, down, head down there Wednesday, watch a little practice, see what's going on, and then, boom, you know, things get going. So it's a, it's always a pleasure being with you guys, and uh, hopefully we can get caught up again and, and see what's going on here in a week when we hit the tournament. Absolutely, sir. Thanks again. All right, brother. Take care. That's our man Shea on the basketball beat. Now we're going to switch gears and head on over to talk Kansas football that is already in the midst of spring practice. John, I know you've been to Lawrence to watch the team on the field a little bit so far this spring. Give me your take after having had, seen them in action for a few practices. I, I know it's hard to gather much from what we're given access to, but what do you see? Yeah, Randy, you know... <clears throat> I'm going to tell you not what I see, but what I actually heard yesterday um, when I was up at practice on Saturday, I ran into Steve Rampey. And oh, there's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, come on, listen, Steve. I mean, Steve Rampey's got to go down right as one of the, you know, top coaches in Kansas City. What recent last 20, 30 years history, right? I mean, one of the one of the best ever in the state of Kansas, one of the best in Kansas City. I mean, yeah, Rampy has done. You know, his runs at Blue Valley were legendary. I mean, well, then he went to then he went to Pittsburgh State, won a national championship as the offensive coordinator there, and and so exactly. So I ran into him, and then and then I had heard some things later in the day that he was really impressed with watching them practice. So I, I reached out to him and just said, you know, can can you mind if I get some comments from you, which I'll have a story coming out soon on this, by the way. And I just said, you know, what did you think? And he he says, you know, John, I've, in my time, I've seen NFL practices. I've seen multiple big, big 12 practices. I've seen, you know, he, he's seen it all in his day. He's seen a ton of KU practices, I'm sure under varying administrations. And he says that was the most organized practice he's ever watched oh wow and i was like oh yeah yeah so i'll have some more of his comments but but when when you ask me what i've seen you know it's hard to trump you know rampy saying this and you know he he's a straight shooter but he's been around the block so keep an eye out for this story there's some real i mean some some legit quotes in there that ku fans are going to want to read and We'll definitely take notice too. But when you ask me what I think, that that's I'm I'm telling you what Steve Rampy thinks, which he got to watch that whole practice. But you know, Randy, the biggest thing that I see is just a confidence that's building inside the program. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's an air there about the program. Uh, they they've been in it. There's a system in place. There's a foundation. There's stability. Uh, yes, I mean they. You know, Matt Gildersleeve, when we had a chance to talk to him, he said this is really being becoming close to a true player-led program. And I think that's what they're shooting for. They want that, the players. That says so much this fast. I mean, think about that. That's, well, wow. Yeah, I mean, th- Randy, this is only the second spring football. Exactly. You know, that's mean, what I'm saying. Lance got here. You know, Lance got to Kansas 
after spring football, which is so rare that a head coach doesn't get a his first you know his first session isn't spring. So this is only his second spring right now. So I just see something about the players when I sit down and I talk to them and I watch them in practice. There's this confidence that I really think is building and. I'll tell you one of the other things that definitely had caught my attention, and it took about about 15 minutes. The the team looks different physically; they really do. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah. That, no, I, I like the sound of this too. Well, you know, you had um, you you've got guys who are coming back, who Gildersleeve has improved, and mm-hmm. then they they've had some additions. Some of the guys from the portal. I mean, you know, Devin Phillips and Gage Keys in the middle. I mean. When I go watch these guys, I mean, I'm telling you, Devin Phillips is 6'2". I, I'm thinking 3'10", and he moves around really well. I, I think Devin Phillips, I, he's going to be a starter. I think Devin Phillips would have been the starter on last year's KU team. I, oh. I mean, this kid, this kid's pretty good. I mean, he, start, he started every game he played in his career at Colorado State. He is he is a, a good-looking D lineman, and then, and then right next to him is Gage Keys. You know, Gage was getting like 10 snaps a game for Minnesota, who had the nation's ninth best defense. I mean, they had legit D linemen all across the board. And he was getting in. He was like the second, you know, that that second level of guy coming in, playing 8 to 10, 11 snaps a game against Big Ten competitions. So you could turn the film on and watch Gage Keys. But, I mean, Randy, this guy's 6'5", 285 pounds, got long arms. He's athletic. I mean, I'm just saying when you when you look at some of these guys over on the offensive line, Spencer Lavelle. I mean, the guy's a he's a beast. I mean, uh-huh. he's, a, he's a big dude. I mean, he's probably six five, three thirty, three thirty five. And then Logan Brown from Wisconsin, Austin Booker lining up at DN is like six six two forty five. He's got like a, something like an eighty some inch wingspan. I mean, I'm just saying that the team to me. When I walked in and started looking at guys, I started going, wow. Now, now, obviously, looks don't win football games, right? Of course. But you still have some, you've still got to have some physical pieces there. And, and, and I've been pretty impressed by what I've seen physically. Uh, something else that stands out, it's, it's depth starting to build everywhere. The, the first thing that caught my attention was the depth at the offensive line. You're going to have some guys in some position battles. I mean, there are going to be, I mean, there are going to be guys who were starters that may be fighting for their spots. So that that'll be interesting to watch, and just some depth building in other positions. And, and like you said, remember they're they're just getting in pads. Okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday was the first padded practice, and some this is something and it's important. I pointed this out on the board. P- people have to understand spring football and what it is and what the purpose is. Okay. And we've talked about this. You're seeing programs get away from spring football games, okay? Mm-hmm. Because that's the 15th. That really, to most coaches, that's the 15th practice of the season. And then you're done. And you don't want to get guys hurt. And, you know, at one point, I remember, I remember Mark Mangino told me one day, I said, I asked him if he's excited for the spring game. He says, you know, not really. He goes, <laughs> he goes, Kerb, he goes, we, we, what we do is, we we put all the kids in their uniforms and we turn the scoreboard on and bring the band out and the cheerleaders out just for you fans to have something to cheer for, okay? Mm-hmm. He goes, but really, we just want to get out of here and, and get out of here healthy and do our 15th practice. Well, you're starting to see spring games go bye-bye, 
All right, and and I wouldn't be surprised if if KU they, they won't do a spring game. I wouldn't shock me at all. They'll do a practice. They'll they'll run you through some stuff. They'll give you some seven on seven, maybe a little bit of eleven on eleven. But I just don't think spring football. And and I I had a chance to go up and sit down one on one with Borland and Kotelnicki, and we talked about this. And they said spring is about getting guys reps. Okay, guys guys aren't really winning and losing jobs right now. Um, I mean, you might be able to help your stock a little bit. That's going to come in summer conditioning and workouts and then fall camp. So spring football is about getting better. And I know the talk among the KU coaches was they're going to get a lot of guys reps. Okay, Guys like Devin Neal may sit out some. Yeah, Jalen Daniels have been a little dinged up. will sit out some. Mike Nowitzki is going to sit out. They're going to take guys who they know what they have. They're, they might be on some limited reps. They want to give other kids who they don't know as much about or need reps, they want to give them reps. So just remember, spring football is kind of like a spring training to the season that's going to come down the road. Hey, I, absolutely. That that describes it perfectly. It is very much, it is a developmental period. And I know nobody wants to hear that. They, they want to hear competition and there are guys separating themselves and moving up and down the depth chart. It's just not that. Well, here's what they want to do. I mean, you know, and I know, I know people want to say, who's winning this job? Who's looking good? I don't know that the coaches are really looking at it like that. I just think they're trying to get guys developed and, and, you know, you're not going to get a depth chart. There will be no depth chart. We're not going to hear a lot of this moving and shaking about guys moving up and down, you know, on the internal board of positions and things like that. That's, that is a great point. Now, you mentioned that you, even though there's not a depth chart, even though there's really, you're, we're not sure the coaches really even look at it like that. There are, there are some question marks when you look at this program, the change and things, the flux that have happened in the off season, things like that. Tell me a couple things that you are excited about that maybe you didn't expect to see this spring. Well, uh, hey, I'll go, I'll go back to Rampy's comments. I mean, that's pretty impressive. A guy like that that's been to as many practices and and watched as many programs to to say that. I, I still think that. And when when my story comes out, people will have a much better idea what he said. One of my biggest concerns, Randy, was the defensive line. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, you lose Lonnie Phelps, you lose Malcolm Lee, who's who's solid. I mean, if you look at Pro Football Focus, Malcolm Lee had a solid year. Um, you lose Sampson, you lose. Uh, Eddie Wilson, you lose Samber, you lose a lot of guys on the line. You lose obviously Lonnie Phelps. Okay, so that's probably the biggest thing right there is finding that pass rusher. I know Patrick Joyner still working back in. He's been a little dinged up, um, but I would say the thing that that uh, has excited me the most is looking about the parts that have come in and those who are developing on the def- defensive line. I think this defensive line is going to be okay. They've got to find somebody who can get after the quarterback. But I feel much better after watching these guys just go through some things in practice than I did going in. Um, I think the offensive line, I think there's depth there. You know, the, the problem with the offensive line in the past is you've got your core of starters, but then you're sitting there and you're like, God, nobody can go down. Exactly. Well, there was nobody behind them. Well, all of a sudden, Randy, you start looking and there's some competition and there's some guys 
kind of sitting in there. Now, now obviously, you know, you don't want to see the left tackle get hurt, okay? But I'm, I'm saying that there are bodies and depth and quality starting to build up behind that offensive line. You, we, we talked about this. Something to be excited about. And, and KU fans, th- th- this should make, and I know all the hardcore football people who are listening, this makes them happy. But the continuity with the staff, okay? I mean, how many? That's such a big thing. I mean, we have seen the revolving door of coaches over this last 13 years. And not just just, head coaches, but assistant coaches. Oh, yeah. Hey, the head coaches. The head coaches is minor. I mean, the changes that have happened with assistant coaches is is, you can't build with guys coming and going at all hours of the month. I mean, it it just seemed like there was just changes after change. So... I, I really think the continuity has me excited. Everybody's back. You know, everybody knows their role. Everybody knows the system. The players know it. So th- th- that's something that is definitely a positive. And I think that's why this program is where it is because everyone is on the same page and they know where they're going. Uh, you know, I, I heard um, I heard the other day, oh, boy, I'm getting old. Um, the kicker from uh, Texas State, I heard he uh, – lined up and made every field goal in, in kind of like a, a practice-type scrimmage pressure setting. So, I mean, okay. those are those are things that I'm excited about. But really, um, if I had to say, it's the fact that I think the D-line is going to be okay after losing some guys. I see some depth on the O-line. And, God, just the continuity that I see in the program. I know that we're still, gosh, at least six months out. Well, five six how do you see this team and and where the program is at right now and and maybe where do you expect them to be when when they hit the field for the opener in september yeah you know you know like you said you're six months out so it's hard to forecast that out but i mean man it's a whole different feel it's a whole different feel than this time last year you remember at this time last year we're talking about that nice little run that they put together the previous year. They knock off Texas, and then they play TCU and West Virginia close. And you, you, a little bit of was a moral victory, kind of hey, seeing some signs. Yeah. This year's a whole. This year's a whole different thing. Like I said, there's there's a system in place. There's a foundation. They're now a year into that. Guys know what's expected. You got the whole offense back. This is a whole different feel. Now, now I will say this, Randy. There, I don't know that there's going to be any sneaking up on people. I mean, I think, I think. I was about uh, to say, you know, how did the bowl game change the calculus of all of that? Specifically, that. I mean, there is no way that Kansas is walking in on anybody that's sleeping anymore. I no, mean, it's it's no. going to be a dogfight. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're just what Kansas has coming back on the offense and, and just Jalen Daniels and, and what Kotal Nicky's been able to do. That's going to scare teams alone. That's going to have people's attention right there because K- Kansas has the ability to go out and put up 38 points on you. All right. I mean, they, they've got that ability and teams are going to know that. So, you know, I, I've got a real good feel where things stand. I've had a chance to. Uh, look into some of the teams that they're picking up on the schedule this year. I've had a chance to talk to some of the the beat writers and people who cover these other teams and who's coming back and who's not coming back on some. And and I got to tell you, I think this schedule really could be a little favorable for the Jayhawks. Um, Real. Yeah. Somebody asked on, listen, Central Florida. Okay. 
yeah. they're a nice team. They're going to have some talented guys, but they're going to Lawrence. That that game's not out of question. Okay, I mean, g- going to Ames, Ames. You know, Iowa State's a good football program. They've had it going on, but I don't know if there's this gap between the two Cincinnati you got a new coach you got a new system you 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 lose all kinds of key guys at Cincinnati I mean there's all kinds of things Randy that are in play here that I I think that this this schedule I mean it, it lines up right now as we sit here in March and talk about it but I look down this thing and I don't look at a lot of games and say, oh, they can't win that game. They can't win that game. You know, that's what we used to do following KU, right? We oh, used to yeah. look at it and go, oh, man, I see 2-10 and 10, or I see 1-11. and 11. That's not the case with this thing coming up this year. So, you know, I, I just think that when you ask me what I see, I see a program that is confident, they're building – and they're continuing to build. They recently announced the upgrades to the Anderson family football complex, as well as a lot of things happening uh, there in the footprint, really around and in Memorial Stadium. That is kind of everything aside from the stadium, to be quite honest. Tell us about those announcements and, and how how can that help this staff sell this program to potential recruits? Yeah, you know, Randy, I actually asked Lance that in his in the last press conference that he spoke, and I just I talked about you know what was the reaction of the players when they showed the video of yeah. them seeing the new lockers and the new weight room and and you know Leipold said the difference is now is it's always been talk, okay? It, mm-hmm. it it's always been you know people writing stories about it or, or rumors, and Leipold said that's over. This is happening. So now you can start selling tangible, factual information to parents and their recruits when they're on campus of, this is what's coming. It's coming once spring football's over. It will be done before fall camp. Here's the locker rooms. Here's the weight room. You know, we've got other stuff planned, but this is the first phase of it. And it kind of just takes away, there's no more guessing whether it's coming or not. So, you know, this is a big step because this is just going to be the early part of, you know, what is going to be down the road, a full renovation of everything. Um, So you get the locker rooms, you get the weight rooms done, which, you know, this is, we've had this discussion on the board too, Randy, and there's been some former players talk about this. You know, a stadium renovation, that's for the fans. Exactly. Right? Exactly. The players don't get to sit in the cool new seating and go get the new concessions and see the bathrooms. They're playing. They football. don't care about urinal troughs. Well, right. <laughs> so, so honestly, this this first part here with the locker rooms and the and and the strength and conditioning. That's what that's for the about. players. Yep. Yeah, that's for the players. So you know that th- that's something they'll sell. And listen, it it's going to help. It's going to help with recruiting because what it kind of shows is. Hey, Kansas football's improving. And by the way, the university has its back. The university is behind it. And we're going to keep investing in football the way it should be and the way it probably should have been for years. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned recruiting, and we talked about the improvements and everything that has been announced. 
We're going to hear from the Jayhawks' latest commitment in Andre Gibson, a defensive back from Arizona who's about to join us on the studio line, that interestingly enough, and I know you pointed this out on the board, he told you that that stuff's not even really that big a deal to him. And I, I think he had some really, really interesting comments. I'm excited to hear from him now. Let's head over to the studio line where Kirby is going to talk with the latest Kansas commitment, three-star defensive back Andre Gibson. We are joined by Andre Gibson, who provided some of the biggest recruiting news in recent weeks with his commitment to KU on Sunday. He is out of Desert Edge High School in Arizona, and if you watch his film, it does not take you long to realize how talented of a player he is. Andre, how you doing? I'm doing good. All right, so doing? I got to ask you this question. You and I share a name. My middle name is Andre. Your first name is Andre, but you spell yours A-U-N-D-R-E. How did you get your first name? Um... I don't know. My mom, my mom, she liked the name Andre. I think it was Andre 3000, the singer or something like that. She always liked it, but she said she wanted to be unique. So she put a U in it. All right. I like it. It's, it, it's different. Um, all right. So Andre, you, you play in the Western region, the Western side of the, of the States. And I think a lot of people were looking at your, your, your Arizona offer, your Oregon state offer, your Oregon offer, some of those. And people were thinking, Man, is there really a chance KU can get him? But what, tell me on the visit, what was it that sold you about KU? The family bond. Everybody was bonding. You know, sometimes you know when when you take visits to other schools, it's not really like that. It's more of show and tell. But Kansas gave me more of like a home feeling. Like you know, everybody here wants to be there. It's not I'm here because what's on the side of the helmet. I'm here because you know. I feel like this is this is a, a spot for me and an opportunity for me to grow. So I, w- I was taking that all in. All right. So before the visit, I mean, you you went on the visit and then you picked KU. So just tell me, I mean, going in, did you have an idea that hey, if this is what I like and this is what I think it is, I'm gonna be a Jayhawk? Tell me about that. Of course, my mom talked about it. You know, on the uh, on the plane ride, it was a long plane ride. We talked about it the whole time, and you know, even beforehand. Uh, that was one of the reasons I wanted to get out there to KU to see to see what it was like out there, you know, the city and, and stuff, because you know that matters. So, yeah, we we talked about it a lot, and I already knew if it was going to be what I expected it to be already. I was pull the trigger. All right, so I'm watching your film, and obviously you can play cover corner, you can play bump and run, you come up and make tackles. But I think the thing that stood out to me, and I, I said this on our message board to the people. When you return kicks, I mean, there is just highlight after highlight of you returning <laughs> kicks. So I got two questions. Number one, I mean, how how big does that play in your game? You know, how did you learn to do that? Where did that skill come from? Is that one of your best things you do? And then number two, why do they keep kicking the ball to you? <laughs> uh, I feel I like really just came natural. Like, you know, as in, I never, I played like back in youth, but I didn't know I really like. You know, really had that in me. You know, the 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 vision and all that. It just came to me. It just came natural, and I just ran with it. And I don't know why people kick me the ball, but hey, I don't want them to stop. You know, I'm a, every time they kick me the ball, I'm gonna keep showing them why and who I am. So, 
Well, I lost track. I'm thinking at least 9, 10, 11 punts or kicks you just kept taking to the house or deep in somebody's territory. And I'm thinking if I was a high school coach, I would tell my kicker, do not kick it to Andre Gibson. Um, So, all right, Phoenix area, that's a new area for Kansas. Jordan Peterson, I know that's your guy. Just tell me about, you're, you're the first to commit from that area. Are you know? Are you hoping to spread the word down there about KU? Of course, I'm, I'm. You know, I want everybody to see that it's not about the biggest schools. It's about you know who gonna help you get out there, who gonna who gonna make you and develop you into a better player. So I spread the word a lot to all my West Side guys. KU is the spot if you wanna if you wanna grow, if you wanna play ball, if if you wanna play fast, you wanna play hungry, and you wanna grind. KU is where it's at. All right, so let's talk about Jordan Peterson. I know you spoke very highly of him. He was the guy that handled the recruiting. Just tell me about Coach Peterson. What, you know, what was it like getting to know him, and what did you learn from him? That's a great guy. That's, that's that's a great guy. That guy is always high energy. He he has so much passion and love for the game. You know, I it's not really much you could say. Like I just connected him, connected with him. You know, it's, it's a great guy. You know, he. He connected to my mom, you know. My mom, my mom doesn't connect well with everybody. So when she connected well with him, I knew I was like, okay, wow, this guy is really legit. So, hey, just break down um, the day on Sunday. What was it like for you? Obviously, it looked like you were having fun. You and your mom were on the video. It looked like you guys were having a good time. Just take me through the day and and when you announced it verbally that you were committing to Kansas. I was I was I was waiting. I was up at like six AM. I was eating, I was waiting. We was we was excited. I was like like now like I really get to let everybody know and I'm gonna be part of the Jayhawks family, like and let people know and see that. So I was excited the whole day waiting for my fam to come over, my teammates, my friends. It it was a uh, man, it was just a blessing. You know, I I wanted to cry low key but but it was too many people there I had to like, toughen up. Toughen up. Well, Andre, this is great stuff, and I know the uh, Jayhawk Nation is excited that you gave them that commitment and went public with it on Sunday, and I really appreciate you joining us on the podcast, and we're definitely going to talk to you again in the future. Yes, sir, of course. All right, Andre, thank you. Yes, sir. What were you, I, I, I cut you off there. What were you hearing say? Rock Talk Jayhawk, baby. Folks, that is Andre Gibson closing it out with the Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Thank you very much, Andre. Kirby, man, people have to be excited about getting a commitment of that caliber, a big athletic corner from an area in Arizona where KU was really starting to invest some efforts, and it's already starting to pay off with a kid of this caliber. Yeah, you know, Randy, I, I joked with him there when I talked to him about why do teams kick from you? When you go watch his film, I mean, you lose track. I mean, it, it's serious. I think it's in the double digits. He's taking kickoffs and punts. I don't know how many he returns for touchdowns or he changes a game with a with a long punt return. And I'm uh-huh. just watching these clips and it's it, it's like, okay, there's another punt, 60-yard return. There's another punt return, touchdown. There's another punt return for 50 yards. And you're watching this and you're going, why are they kicking to him? Exactly. I, I mean, it's, I'm sitting here watching it going, dude, do these guys not watch film? I mean, because they just keep kicking the ball to him and well, he that just keeps going off on return after return 
you that's one where I, and I've seen games like that sometimes and you look back there and I'm like they realize that's the same kid, right? They didn't just bench the returner that took that last one back. No, right, he's, he's right. That, that's him again. He didn't, right. you know, and he's wearing the same number. He didn't change. I'm always blown away by that, man. And this kid, he is he's a fantastic return guy, which is something that I can't remember the last time that KU had a real dynamic kick returner. I mean, I Puka was a guy that you could put back that had that kind of athleticism and that playmaking ability. But I think I personally, I mean, I didn't like the idea of of them ever even considering putting him out there because of his the durability question. You know, I don't know if they've really had a guy that could change a game the way that Andre has the potential to do and not just the potential that he's demonstrating he can do already at the high school level. Yeah, you know that you know that that's is a new area. Okay, Phoenix is is they just put Jordan Peterson. He he went down there after spring football last year. Yeah, tell build, us about that. Yeah, he just started to build some contacts and and went into the area and said who who are some of the top schools I should hit and you know he start, obviously De- Desert Edge was one of them. He just mm-hmm. got in, started building a relationship with Andre Gibson and and and, and listen, there's there's three teammates there that. Yes, that Kansas is going to be on friends. (laughs) Peterson's already on. So it's it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, hey, it just takes a guy like Andre Gibson to spread the word and talk about what he saw at Kansas and, you know, maybe more follow him. But, you know, he's a sharp kid and he did his research and he and his mom, you know, they they went out and got went out and saw places and were able to put together that pros and cons list and come up with a decision. I've been really impressed with him. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, give us, we're talking recruiting. Let's get a little bit more into it. What are some of the thoughts that you've got rolling around in that head of yours right now about where recruiting stands at this point with the 2024 class for the Kansas Jayhawks? Yeah, you know, Randy, when when I I talked about going up and sitting down with Borland and Kotelnicki, and, and one of the things I asked them was, do you guys notice a difference when you reach when you reach out to recruits and you talk to them and you're representing KU, you're walking into that school now, and you got the Jayhawk on your polo, okay? And I said, do you notice last year the success, you know, some of the, you know, game day being there? Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it, it was it was like a, a promotion, you know, a media promotion that, that KU had going on there for a while, and they both said, It was oh, a yeah. heck of an ad campaign, you're right. Absolutely, <laughs> Man, but both of them said, oh, no, you notice a difference. Okay, Borland's spending most of his time down in Oklahoma. Kotelnicki's got areas here in Kansas City. And they both said, we notice a difference. So I think with the 2024 class, that's probably one of the biggest things that we've seen is look at the junior days. I mean, they started back in December. December, they had a couple of them in January. They just had another one here once the dead period ended on Saturday. And they've had a, a nice number, some good recruits on campus. Listen, I'll just throw this out there. I mean, do they get Andre Gibson? Like, do they get him at this time last year? I don't think so. Oh no. Okay. I mean, I think that's a uh, great point to make. Yeah, he's too. got he's got Oregon, Oregon State. He's got both home state schools, Arizona, Arizona State. He's got other places, but there's no way Isaiah Marshall, the number nine ranked dual threat quarterback in America. Exactly. Who's committed to KU? Do they yes. get him a year ago? No. no. I think these guys have seen what's being built and going to that bowl game and having game day on your campus, it 
it put a spotlight on KU. And I think that's been, you know, a, a big help. So, you know, the exposure's paid off. They've had some good junior days. And, you know, I could see this class, and I'm not ready to make my prediction. I, I think last year I came on and I said, I think the magic number is going to be about 15 high school kids. And I think I may have been off by one or two. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to come out and throw a number out yet because I think this staff could, the the numbers of the high school class could be a little higher this year because I think they might be able to capitalize on some of the things they're building right now. So I'm not ready to say that, but Randy, I'm going to go back to the elephant in the room. The, 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 the thing that just keeps always coming up and that's local recruiting. They yeah. are trying. And I mean, they are hammering at home. But, you know, locally, it's just like still there's some walls they're trying to break down. And it's crazy to me. Andre Gibson, okay, he's as good or better than any corner you're going to find around here. Oh, no question. No question. Isaiah Marshall is as good or better than any quarterback you're going to find around here. There is not, there is nowhere near that kid in this area right now. So my point is. You, you've still got to go build your program, and you've got to find the best you can find, and it doesn't matter where they're from, okay, whether it's Detroit or whether it's Phoenix or Red Martell in Oklahoma. Yep. The, the, the bottom line is, though, I know deep down they would just love to snag. Now, now they, hey, listen, they got Jaden Ham, They got Calvin Clements late, all right? Mm-hmm. And those were kind of unique, different situations. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, one of the keys to, for me to watch is, is can they break down some of those barriers and snag a couple of these local commits? Because, you know, a, a lot of them, you're already getting the sense KU's kind of either out of the picture or kind of moving down. So it, th- that'll be one of the things to watch. But listen, recruiting right now to me is going very well. I mean, they got three commitments. I don't think they had a commitment last year until June. So, I mean, they've got three now. Who knows what could come between now and June? But my guess is they'll have several more heading into the official visit season in June than they did last year. And it's not just three commitments. Those are three high-quality skill position kids, including, like you said, a top-10 dual-threat quarterback, which is such a big, big thing for a program that has that recruiting linemen is always going to be tough. I don't care who you are. Unless you're Alabama and LSU and Wisconsin, recruiting offensive linemen is always going to be difficult. For a program like Kansas, having a dual-threat quarterback just makes it so much easier. Well, because to me, to me, offensive linemen though, when you've got Fooks, I, I don't, true. I don't worry. And, and about, that's that's a good point. And I, yeah, I, I retract yeah. what I said. You're right. <laughs> well, and and they're going to build around a system, okay? And I think Fooks is going to coach guys up and develop guys. So I don't sit there and worry about as much about linemen as I do maybe other positions because mm. I think he's going to find a way to mold guys into a line. I agree. I agree. I agree. I. I don't know how I didn't think about the Fuchs factor, but yeah, that's a great point. Kirby, this has been a heck of a podcast. We have covered everything. We went in-depth on the Big 12 tournament. We talked about the NCAA tournament. We got into Kansas football. We talked spring practice. We talked recruiting. If you're listening right now, you are completely up to date on all things Kansas athletics right now. For our man, Shea Wilderboer on the men's basketball beat. For my good friend and our publisher, John Kirby, on the Kansas football beat. I'm Randy Withers. You've been listening to the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We will talk with you again soon.
This has been a podcast from JayhawkSlam.com.